Hello and welcome to series three, episode seven of Dad Educates Daughter on everything 80s music. We are at the, in the well, we're coming to the end of really because we're on the last series of the groups. We're in the last years of the groups. Hello, Rebecca. How are you? I'm all right, Dad. How are you? Uh, I'm good. So good. before I um, recap on who the groups were, how how did you find this week? Uh, not bad, but it's an odd one because like no two groups are the same. So like previous no. times, the group sometimes you get it quite lucky yeah. where the groups are kind of all similar. But this time, literally none of the groups are the same. So I can't compare them. I can't put them like near each other or think one's better than the other they're all kind of in their own genres um yeah but yeah it's been it's not been a bad week at all okay well that's that's good as i said um we're now into the the heart of the 80s i suppose um the end of yeah. last series and obviously into this series are pretty much yeah what, what um the 80s were about i suppose as it started to uh, establish itself. Yeah. So you had the Christians. Yep. Johnny Hates Jazz. Yep. In Excess. Yep. Danny Wilson. Black. Mm -hmm. And yep. Crowded House. I did. Any number ones in amongst those see i i'm not 100 sure i can't really see there being any number ones like there's none that stuck out to me that i thought would be like a, a really big hitter um but if i was to say there might be one like if there was one i would say johnny hates jazz would get one but uh i want to say interesting johnny hates jazz mm. okay well, you should have kept with the, in a sense, you did. So well, it was the none at all. Uh, but right. it was, there, was, there was definitely one number two. Okay, so I want to say that comes from Johnny Hayes Jazz. I feel okay. like out of all of them, he'd be the higher chart. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. We shall find out. Yes. So, are you ready? I am. Let's talk music. Let's do it. Okay, so the first group up, the Christians. So how yeah. did you find them? What did you think of them? Did you see any videos? You know, what's your overall opinion of the Christians? Well, they, with a name, the Christians, being, you know, first judgment of just the name, I was like, oh, these going to be like a political group, I was thinking. But they're really not what I thought. They're actually like, normal they were nice start to the week they were nice to have on in the car and i feel like their songs are quite meaningful like when you listen into the lyrics they're quite meaningful and they sing to someone or about someone um i thought when i first listened there might be different vocalists because they can change up their tone a bit like how they sing but when i watched videos i mean to be honest i didn't get much from the videos you know they like a landscape scenery quite low light they don't give much away as like as a band you don't get much from the videos 
Um, and then, but that's when I found out they have a main vocalist. So you see him a lot. Um, but then as it got to the end, I can't remember what video it was. I think it was like what's in a word or the bottle. So like I'm talking right at the end. I think I got the sense that they were more of a group than a band. Like they seemed, I saw more of the group and there was a few more singing. So I don't know whether they just dabbled a bit with backing vocals and whatnot. But yeah, I don't think many of them picked up a instrument. Okay. Well, I shall enlighten you on the Christians then and who they are and what instruments they may have played. Mm -hmm. So, Gary Christian on vocals. Right. Roger Christian on vocals. Yeah. Russell Christian on keyboards and saxophone okay paul barlow on drums mike bolger on guitar tony jones on bass and henry priestman on keyboards and guitar so you can see where the name comes from it's the surname yeah. of the founders yeah so they related Yes, they're, I think, they're brothers, if I remember correctly. Okay. Um, so they were formed in 1985 in Liverpool. And they, oh, what, what, what genre are you going with? Oh, yeah, I forgot to say. I went with a soft rock slash soul. I definitely think there's a bit of rock in there, but very softly. And I think the way the songs are sung. There's a bit of okay. soulfulness in there. I think so I get where you're going with the rock, because when you come to the next bit, I've got to say, but that they're not a rock, definitely not rock. They are a sophisty pop stroke soul. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I've got the soul. So okay. um, they're along the same lines, I suppose, as a wet, wet, wet. We've I mean, not you done have, wet. You've not done wet, no, wet, wet. No, yet. you've not but, done um, wet, wet. I've just given away what they are. are I'm pretty sure they're the same. So. The Christians were described as the Temptations, um, but in ripped jeans. Okay. And obviously ripped jeans is associated with like rock and that. So hence, that's what I'm saying. In a sense, I can see where you're coming from. because. Um, mm -hmm. so, yeah. But they also had like a bit of a sound in them. That mm. was a bit rock, but maybe like sophisticated pop. I don't know. I go with very like straight genres, whereas... I forget about all the sophisticated pop and all of the subgenres bits. Yeah. So um, Roger Christian, he left the band in 1987 due to the reluctance to tour. So hence oh. Henry Priestman then became keyboards as well as guitar. Okay. Okay. So their first five singles all reached the, the top forty. First five, right? First okay, five so they singles, kind of yeah. they hit in, didn't have a flop then. No, uh, they are known for their charity work, having okay. released a cover of the Isley Brothers or Isley Brothers hit "Harvest of the World," with all proceeds donating to charity. Oh, that's good of them, isn't it? 
They were also heavily involved in the Hillsborough disaster charity single, Ferry Across the Mersey. Oh, my God, that makes so much sense. Okay. Ferry Across the Mersey, like, when you would get to it, I'd tell you what I thought of the song. But I'm here, like, was it a cover? It is a cover of Jerry and the Pacemakers. Yeah, so that one came up. But I couldn't find just a video for the Christians, so I didn't end up watching a video for it. Um, Because YouTube just comes up with, like, the Christians with loads of other artists. But now it makes sense if it was like a... It was a uh, charity song. A charity um, song there was numerous Liverpool, for Liverpool, for the Hillsborough disaster. Um, so I'd guess there would have been probably Frankie Goes Hollywood at the time. They're from Liverpool. Flock of Seagulls. I can't remember who was in it, but the Christians were one of the big bands behind it at the time. So they were like the Bob Geldof and Majeur behind Band-Aid. They were yeah. behind this. Um, right. And as I said, you know, they, they were a lot into, they were big in the charity mm. and had already done a cover, which I just said they donated all the proceeds to, to charity. So they yeah. were, so this was right up their street, I suppose. It's, you know, it affected the whole of the city of Liverpool and them right. coming from Liverpool, being in the limelight as they were at the time, they obviously, you know, decided that this, this was uh, the thing to do. Um, their second album, Colour, was released in 1990, and that reached number one on the album chart. It's good, isn't it? So, yes. The video for Harvest for the World won several awards and was animated by Oscar winners Ardman Animations, the people behind Wallace and Gromit. I was going to say I know Ardman Animations. Yes. And the um, they're behind other things, the chicken, the one with the chickens and that chicken in it, run. and yeah, chicken run, um, and the pigeons. There was a pigeon one, wasn't there? Or was that in? I think we had Ricky Gervais, Oist, Oist, yeah, like a carrier pigeon. pigeon. I'm pretty sure, but I'm, I might be what I might be. But anyway, they're behind <laughs> Wallace and Gromit. I'm digesting. They're behind Wallace and Gromit. Right. So the band broke up in 1995 after Gary Christian moved to Paris uh, to record a solo album. And then in 1998, unfortunately, Roger, who had obviously left the band anyway, he died from a brain tumour. In 1997, the Christians did perform an unplugged acoustic tour. And in 2000, they carried out a 36-date tour of the UK with songwriter-guitarist Paul Campbell joining the band. Okay. So I don't think Gary Christian come back. Yeah, so they didn't have that one come back. But that's quite cool. I like an unplugged like little acoustic going on. Yeah. So in 2005, Russell Christian decided he no longer wished to tour. And the band decided to return to a full band format rather than the unplugged version. Okay. So they brought, so hence why you may have not seen uh, instruments on some of the videos. Yeah, that's they went unplugged. Mm. Um, In 2013, the Christians toured with Go West and Hue and Cry on a 32 date tour. And in 2021, so just last year, the band released a version of their hit, 
The Man Don't Cry, renaming in it Naz Don't Cry, after Naz, Nazanin Zahari Ratcliffe, who was detained in Iran for charges of espionage, and the video features both her daughter, Gabriella, and husband, Richard Ratcliffe. She's obviously since been released, if you weren't in, if you didn't know what that was I about. I didn't know what that was about. Um, the Christians are still touring, although only Gary, who obviously left and come back, is part of the band from those who originally formed. Bad. Like, he's got to be getting on a bit, surely. Yeah. And, like, there's not really been any breakups either. Like, it's been a continuous... All you've had is someone left and then yeah. do it, like, someone wanting to go back to the band and someone died. Like, there's yeah. not been, like, any fallouts or pauses. Like, no. Still going. I mean... But then I, I suppose they were brothers, weren't they? So, mm. other than the workload with regards to touring, that seems to be the main reason people left. Yeah, and that's obviously, true. Obviously one of them dying. Um, yeah. But he'd, he had already left. Um, but then it is surprising because siblings, I mean, if I worked with Scott and Zoe, there'd be hell. So it's like hats off to any siblings that work together. Because yeah. I guess apart from your normal sibling rivalries. Sure. Adding that to it. So they had two top 10 singles. Okay. Both of those were charity. See, one of these is going to be the number two, and then I'm going to be... Well, you might be in for a shot when I, when I, I, I left it. I, I didn't think it was fair, but I'll, I'll go for it in a minute. Two right. top 20 singles, two yeah. top 10 albums. As I said, 1987's The Christians was number two. And 1990s Colour was number one. Yeah. So, regarding their, their singles. So, in 1987, Forgotten Town was number 22. Oh, okay. I like it, but, and it's very catchy, but I'm on the fence about what I feel about it. Because one minute I can listen to it and be like, really like this. The next minute I can listen to it and be like, it needs to be dialed back a bit and this is where i get like the um rock from because some of their songs sound quite harsh and quite hard with the music and i think this is one of them so i'm on the fence hooverville um and they promised us the world that was released in 1987 and that got to number 21. okay well, this is Karma, and it's got a lot more of a catchier chorus. I enjoyed that one. Okay. 1987, When the Fingers Point, number 34. Okay, yeah. It's got it's chorus. I like the huskier voice, and this is what made me think there might be more than one vocalist as well, because the voice kind of changed a bit. Um, but there's a very heavy sound in the background, like... I bought a guitar, but then it's weird because later on I'm like, they had no instruments. So this group's very hard to go with the sounds and what they're doing. But yeah, very heavy guitar sound. So then we have 1987 still. So all these first four are all 1987. Um, mm, Ideal World, number 14. OK. 
okay. When I listen to the music of these, like when I said when I was first talking about them, they um have like a deeper meaning. They have meaningful lyrics. So this song has nice meaningful lyrics, uh, but it's just more of a swaying song, more in the background. I'd say. Okay. 1988, Born Again was released, and that got to number 25. Okay. This was nice and soulful and quite a sing-along. It's a bit more up my street. Okay. 1988, their first charity single, Harvest for the World, number eight. This one was my favourite. Um, it's quite nice that they did it for charity. I quite like that as well. Um, upbeat, up my street, very catchy. It's very okay. Nice. So, as I said, though, it was a cover of the Eiley Brothers. Mm. Yeah, so, but when I was listening, I didn't think, is this a cover? So yeah. I don't mind. Okay. Right, now I'm going to shock you with the next one. 1989, Ferry Across the Mersey, mm. number one. But you said there's no number ones. Well, the reason I didn't put it down as a Christian's number one is because, one, it's not their song. It's Ferry Across the Mersey. Mm. Uh, but it's by Jerry and the well, Pacemakers. Yeah, yeah. And two, it's not, their, it's not classed as a Christian's. It's a... They had a, I think they had a, gr a group name or whatever it come under. So it's, it, although it's a, it's, it's, it's classed as the Christians because they were a big deal behind it. Um, and if you look the Christians up, it comes under them. Yeah. I don't class it as a Christians single. It had other artists with it, and they didn't also write it. So it's yeah. A bit, you know, they they wouldn't have. I mean, they would not have profited from it. They didn't write the song. They didn't. Just it wasn't just those singing the song. Mm. It just so to me, rightly or wrongly, it's not a Christian's single. But technically, when you say to me at the beginning, do you think you've heard any number ones this week? You said that I've heard. I've listened to no number ones. Technically, I've listened to one. Well, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yes, you're right in that in that sense. You but, have listened but to the Christians. One, yes. But you're as far them as the groups that we are discussing, yeah. I, would, I personally would say you haven't heard a number one. Yeah. So, yes, of the yeah, songs, yeah. you're right. right in what you're saying. The songs you listen to, you listen to a number one, you listen to Very Across the Mersey. But yeah. of the groups you listen to, yeah, I wouldn't say you've listened to number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no I, I'll have to, I've, I have that. got the single, funny enough. Um, it is a good song. I will have to, um, while you're babbling on i will have to quickly get it and see who it's who they're class who it's classed as actually so babbling on. yeah babbling on you know um moving on uh what well, you can babble as much as you want on this one words from 1989 and it got to number 18 not bad it had a long intro that was the only downside for me on this one but the beat was really good but the problem was the beat kind of overtook the like vocals so it made the vocals a bit quiet so i think this is another one offense one for me like i like it but there could be more okay and um after that we had night now we're now we're going into 1992 with the next one now they did have some other singles in between but they weren't obviously in the top 40 uh, yeah, so yeah. their next top 40 hit was 1992 
what's in a word and that got to number 33 ah see the chorus is really good on this one but the chorus is what saves it they even do this in the video but it's a nice clap along and in the video you've got like you can see them all clapping okay and then 1993 the bottle number 39 oh Oh, I guess you're in the 90s, so sounds changing. But these last two I did quite enjoy. Um, the bottle was a nice end to the group. Um, it was a nice smooth song, weren't too much in it. I didn't think it was too harsh, and it was catchy too. Okay. So that was the Christians. So we will now move on to Johnny Hates Jazz. Of which you reckon one of these songs is um, high up in the charts. Yeah. yeah, but right. I feel like I know like some of Johnny Hates Jazz's songs already. I don't know whether you are a Johnny Hates Jazz fan. Um, I might have heard them from you, but I just feel like I've definitely heard of him. I've seen them in concert recently. Oh, okay. So you're a bit of a fan. Yeah, they were, they were supporting Level 42, I think it was. Oh. And we saw them in, well, if it, was, if it was definitely Level 42, which I'm pretty sure it was, uh, we saw them in Bournemouth last year. Okay. Was that their 40th anniversary if it was Level 42? Oh, I can't remember what the actual tour was for. I thought it was that. Um, but yes, maybe maybe i've heard you talk about johnny hates jazz but i when i got this one i certainly thought i'm gonna know a couple of these songs um and to be fair i did i did know a couple there was a couple that i recognized so it, it was a nice enjoyed part of my week i think johnny hates jazz is a bit of pop um Probably a sub-genre of pop, not 100% sure if there's any other genre in there. Um, the music that you hear really sets the tone of what the song's going to be like. So the first couple of beats, you know if it's going to be a bit of an upbeat or not. Um, it was quite, it's annoying because there's not many of Johnny Hates Jazz. I wish there was a few more. Yeah. But they were a duo. They like to be well-dressed in their videos. And I feel like, I'm guessing the main, like, front man is Johnny, if it's not a weird name for the group. But who I think is Johnny, I feel like he's someone that was definitely on, like, bedroom walls of girls. He looks like a bit of, like, you know, like a heartthrob. You kind of slowly watch him grow up. They like, And the videos tell the story of the song that they're singing. So... But yeah, just kind of goes a bit more to it. Okay. So Johnny Hates Jazz are Clark Datcher on vocals and keyboards, Mike Nacito on guitar and bass, Calvin Hayes on keyboard, and Phil Thornley on bass. So there's no Johnny. No Johnny. Then there's a story behind the name. Uh, not that I recall. Where on earth are they getting Johnny they from? just one of those, you know. So random. Okay, I'm a bit disappointed that none of them are called Johnny. Um, <laughs> um, not that I remember, but I'll probably end up going through my notes and then, because it's one while ago, um, 
I wrote yeah. them and um, suddenly start reading out about where the name come from, but I just don't recall <laughs> yeah. it. But yeah, so Datcher or D Datchler is the son of Fred Datchler, who was in a member of the Stargazers, who have the distinction of being the first British band to reach number one in the UK singles chart. Oh, so yeah. Okay. Don't ask me when, because I don't know. But um, we're talking at least. Yeah probably 50s i'd have said if not before oh, uh mike nishoto nisito however you want to pronounce it uh went to the same school as phil thornley and several members of katrina and the waves before forming johnny hates jazz nisito had been a recording engineer for bands such as pink floyd the police the cure duran duran and the thompson twins Okay. While Datchler had been working with Aswad and Wusty Egan of Visage, playing electronic music fused with soul in the London club scene. Okay, so they were all kind of in the music industry yeah. before forming. Yeah. So I haven't actually said. So they were formed in London in 1985. Right. And they are a sophisty pop band and new wave okay weird that these are sophisty pop and the christians are sophisty pop yet one of the first things i said was i don't think any of the groups really sound similar like they'd be in the same genre there you go so in april 86 Dachler, nacito and hayes released johnny hates jazz's first single me and my foolish heart on rak records Although it wasn't a commercial success, it did gain significant airplay and was even Sounds Magazine's record of the week. So then Dadgler became began writing more songs, including Shattered Dreams, and they were signed up by Virgin Records and released Shattered Dreams in March 1987. Oh, so it didn't take them long. No, and then in 1988, Shattered Dreams reached number two on the US Billboard Hot 100 and number one in the US Adult Contemporary Chart. Okay. So you didn't seem bad. that, that um, no, confused it's more, that. They got no, to it's, number one in no. a chart in America. That's big. And they got to number <laughs> two know? on the Hot Billboard 100. But, uh, you know, hey. Okay. Do you know why I reacted like that? Because I've never heard of like adult contemporary. I was like, okay. Well, I think America has a as a chart gen for you know different kinds of music. I think to literally, be honest, I think but we, the, we the act... adult contemporary is a new one. Yeah. It's like yeah. adult contemporary. I'm, and then I'm trying to picture this in like adult contemporary, and I'm like, there's nothing that's just adult about it. That's what threw me off. I, I apologize. This is get that one would be the top the top charter. I think though. So they also had international success with their following singles. I Don't Want to Be a Hero, which reached number 10 in Sweden. And Turn Back the Clock, which reached the top 10 in New Zealand, number three. Holland, or sorry, Netherlands, number six. And Belgium, number nine. They hit him big then. And that's just their first three. Yeah. So their album, Turn Back the Clock, reached number one on the UK album chart, selling 4 million copies, or over 4 million copies. 
And this is quite early on in their career as well. But then I'm intrigued how it goes down because I've not got that many songs. I've no. got so five. we've listened to two groups so far, and you've listened to two out al- that they've both had two number albums. One album. at number one. Yeah. So they're good with their albums this week more yeah. than their singles, maybe. Mm. So Datchler, who's obviously the the main singer, he left the band at the end of 1988. He actually moved to the oh. Netherlands to focus on his solo career. Oh. So Hayes and Nachoto continued and they brought in Thornley, a former bass player for The Cure. So this new lineup released the second album, Tall Stories, in 1991. However, the album was unsuccessful and the band dissolved. Ah, see, Datchler was their like songwriter. So maybe not having him is the reason it's kind of gone pear shaped. So they then dissolved the following year. So they, they released an yeah. album. It yeah. wasn't successful. And in the following year, they disbanded. Um, right. yeah. And that was mainly due to a car accident in which Hayes was badly injured and hospitalised for two years. Two years? Yeah. Me that, that is a bad car accident, isn't it? So Nachito went on to produce Love Shine a Light for... Katrina and the Waves, who we've already mentioned, mm-hmm. he went to already school with some it. of the members, mm-hmm. um, which in 1997 went on to win Eurovision for that year. Oh, he didn't do too badly helping them then, did he? So while Phil Thornley went on to co-write the song Torn for Natalie and Brulia. Mm-hmm. Good song. Um, as well as Pixie Lot's two number one hits, Mamadou and Boys and Girls. Uh, 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 I love a bit of Pixie Lot. Uh, it's mad how like people that I like are being like behind the scenes. They've got yeah, yeah, the eighties. So in two thousand and nine, Datchler and Nachito reformed Johnny Hapes Jazz. And they began okay. performing for the first time together in 21 years, as well as recording a new album, Magnetized, which they released in April 2013. They still tour to this day, having supported Level 42 in 2021 oh, and yeah. attended 80s festivals Rewind and Let's Rock, which I have seen them at ah. as well, yeah. So they had four top 20 singles, one yeah. top 10 album, which was 1988's Turn Back the Clock, which, as I say, got yep. to number one. number one. OK. And while you were talking, because I was like, OK, he's not getting to uh, talking about the name. So I just looked up why a Johnny Hates Jazz called Johnny Hates Jazz. And I found out why. OK. It's quite interesting. So. Okay. The group's name refers to Datchler's brother-in-law, Johnny, a British mm-hmm. farmer married to Datchler's sister, who loves jazz. So Datchler's sister loves jazz. Yeah. Johnny hates Johnny jazz. Don't. They, they mm. came, so Hayes said, we came up with a name while visiting them. We like the name and plan to use it on something. So Hayes and Datchler must have been like visiting Datchler's sister, made the joke that Johnny hates jazz, and it stuck and became their band name. Well, there you go. Thank you. You've just done me out like of job and made me look absolutely crap at doing this. So, um, you know. No, but to be fair, you get all the facts and all the interesting stuff. And sometimes I'm like, but the name, Dad, the name. 
because I yeah. think some names are weird, so I have to know. Sure. But yeah, that's why. Well, okay. So, do you want to know where their singles are? Do you just want to look it up later? And um... Oh, shush. No, I want to know, please. <laughs> okay. So, Shattered Dreams was released in 1987. Mm. Um, obviously done very well in America, getting to number uh, two on the Billboard Hot 100. Number one yeah. on the ad on the great adult contemporary <laughs> chart. Um, you so think weird. that could be the number two? Yeah. You thought it might have been number one over here as well. No, I guess that was the number one. Well, that wasn't. Oh yeah, what you that would. That would. That if I if there was any number one, yeah. it would have come from Johnny Hates Jazz, and probably yeah. would have been that one. Yeah. Okay. I think they came in big. Okay, so Shattered Dreams got to number five. Really? Five. Really? Five. Okay. Well, I recognise this one. It's got a good beat, nice and sing along, very catchy. Mm -hmm. Enjoyed it. 1987, I Don't Want to Be a Hero, number 11. Oh my God. Okay, I thought Johnny Hates Jazz would be like a top, top. All right. I really like the chorus. You know, like, I don't know, it's just a good chorus. I, ju mm. I just really like this song, to be honest. Oh my God, I forgot to even tell you. It, I've not picked a favourite from these because I like quite a lot of them. I can't pick a favourite, but it might be I don't want to be a hero the way that I'm talking about it. But I've not picked a favourite because I can't pick one in the sense of I don't know which one hits fair with me. Mm -hmm. that, that tells you a lot of what I think about this band. But yeah. Okay. 1987, Turn Back the Clock, number 12. Okay, this one's nice and soft. It's a reminiscing song. And, you know, I said the videos literally tell the story of the song this one does that as well like they go back in time and they're playing as kids and so it's a nice song to like just listen to and just think about life okay 1988 heart of gold number 19 hmm. i'm shocked by the charting this one is just to the point and the sound kind of switches up like the i thought maybe the vocalist changed a bit Maybe one of them had a go, or maybe he's just can do like you know, like some could just change their voice a bit. It yeah. was like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. I liked it. And then 1988, Don't Say It's a Love was number 48. Really? That was like one of the most upbeat songs I've had so far. It was very there. I enjoyed it. Well, I'm quite shocked with that. And, and I suppose that again points to the 80s, as in that's, you never that's really how it know, was. You? Songs that it was all about getting, it was, I suppose it was more about getting onto things like um, Top of the Pops or mm. getting your airplay on Radio One, as it was then, um, yeah. having a good video on MTV. You know, they yeah. were the things that would have helped market the um the song yeah rather than would it i mean now it's it's more about um who you are and getting the downloads isn't it if you think about it oh yeah uh, like how your songs got out and where it's got out yeah so um i'm just actually quickly trying to have a look to see who were uh, in the charts with shattered dreams got to number five so in other words finishing a getting ahead oh, yeah. of who them, got ahead um, mm. to see if it's anyone 
of any significance um, that kept them off the chart. Bearing in mind, they probably didn't break America. They probably released it over here before it released over in America. Is you know, right. so with it being happens, um, yeah. and vice versa in America, they go in America first yeah, and then America. obviously yeah. see how it does there, and then they yeah. go internationally. But it's well. mad that they've done better in America than they have done here. Yeah, but as I say, that could have come down to um, what the the chart situation was at the time it, mm, sometimes it's true. just you, you could just release it's you know it's like anything you know right right you know you could just hit the it at the right time and and do it um yeah i know um paul young um his was it paul young can't think of it was no shaking stevens right uh his christmas song was was delayed a year mm, yeah because yeah. of um band aid and he got number one the following christmas yeah it played out merry christmas everyone yeah. um had he released had he not known about band aid he would have got his he would have one. probably released it then or if band aid hadn't have happened would he yeah. have beaten frankie goes hollywood who were the big band at the time yeah who obviously were number one before band aid so sometimes would they have happens. stayed number one you know, mm. so there's loads of things that think for some reason the charts not is not um loading up, so I can't see. But obviously, it'd been interesting to know who was in the chart um, when um, they they didn't get there. But um, shall we move on then to in excess? Yes, we shall. So I had a lot of songs for these, didn't I? So. Like oh, hold on, hold on, sorry, sorry. Um, it's just this minute loaded, so we just move back quickly. Um, so Johnny Hates Jazz was number five, as I said. Number four was Tom Jones, a song I've not heard of, Boy from Nowhere, but that was number four. Right. Number three was Johnny Logan with Hold Me Now. Number two was Whitney Houston with I Wanna Dance right. with Somebody. And at number one was Starship with Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now. So they were the five songs that had kept right. Johnny Hates Jazz off of the top, you know, at number five. Okay. So, okay. yes. Um, I mean, and the rest of the top ten, there's nothing there really that, yeah, shouts to me. I mean, Labby Sifri, oh. Something Inside So Strong, that's a good song. Um that was number nine at the time. And Wishing I Was Lucky by Wet, Wet, Wet was number 10. So, yeah. So that was the chart when they were number five. Okay. So moving on to In Excess. Mm -hmm. So had a lot of songs. Did have a like, lot of songs. The, yeah. These took up most of my week. Um, I think they're a trio. Um, they can mix it up a bit, and um, by saying that, I mean I think they're a rock band, and I think they can get more rocky towards the middle. They were very in-your-face rock, I think, um, but they can mix it up in the sense of they're not constantly in your face. They could do their softer. I think they've got a bit of classical rock in there because um, one of them started classical you know, rock. Yeah, is that a thing? I might make it up, don't know. They're, in one video, there's people playing like the violins and 
some other like string instruments that you'd find classically. So I went with maybe a bit of classical rock in there. Um, I definitely prefer their earlier music to their later stuff when it's more soft. There's not much to the videos. Um, like I said, I think they're a trio, but I didn't really see much of them. When I did see them, they haven't got that standard rock star look, so I won't be surprised if they're not just pure rock, but their videos, you know, live performances, that type of thing. So there's not much to go off. Sure. Okay, so in excess, Tim Farris on guitar, Kirk Hengeli on rhythm guitar, stroke sax, Gary Beers on bass, Andrew Farris on keyboards, who I think is the brother of Tim, Michael Hutchence on vocals, and John Farris on drums. So if they were like um, the Christians, they could have been called Farris. But yeah, it probably doesn't have such a, ra- a ring a to ring it as the Christians, it, does it? No. They were formed in 1977. Oh, wow. So, so any bad. idea where they're from? No. Because um, it's going to be one of the big two, America or England, I think. Okay, we'll, 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 we'll leave it there because you're wrong. They were formed in Sydney, New South Wales, Australia. Oh, okay. And they are a dance rock, alternative rock, funk rock, new wave band. Okay, so they've got the rock in there. Oh, they've got plenty of rock. No classical rock, though. <laughs> no classical rock, no. No. So they were originally called... Now, funny enough, I've written this down... And hadn't looked at my notes before I opened my mouth earlier. They're originally called the Furris Brothers. After <laughs> the three brothers who founded the group. <laughs> they then changed to In Excess, a photonic play on In Excess. Yeah. Inspired by the UK band XTC. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ecstasy, XTC, yeah, yeah. who we have spoke about. Yeah. They were inspired by them and hence in excess, oh. in excess of in excess. So, yes. Um, in 1984, the single Original Sin gave the band their first Australian number one, where it stayed for two weeks, as well as making a number one in Argentina and France. However, the single which didn't even get to number, which only got to number 58 in the US, but was totally ignored in the UK. Oh, okay. Not come in strong, have they, at all? No. So, well, they did, they got to number one in their home country and Argentina. They got number 58 in in America, which is still, you know. Yeah, but then in the places where you want to be hitting... But then I was going to say, I mean, they were formed in 1977, so they obviously took a while. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, I'll see what you're saying. It took a while for them to actually be somewhere with their music. When In Excess eventually broke to the UK with the hit single Need You Tonight, which also gave the band its US number one. Oh, okay. Yes, so the old do, do, do. Yeah. Yeah. That got to number one in the US. I mean, it's not a bad song, so. So lead singer Hutchins was known in the UK press as the wild man of rock. 
due to his public brawls and open drug use. Oh. He was also romantically linked with fellow Australian Kylie Minogue. Oh. Singer Belinda Carlisle. Yeah. And model Helena Christensen. He's getting about, isn't he? So I think Helena Christensen ended up being Seal's wife. I think it's, it's he definitely was with a model and I've got I don't know why I think it's Helena Christensen. I might be wrong. Um, so while with Christensen, he was, was involved in an altercation with a taxi driver after Christensen and Hutchins were cycling and eating pizza in a narrow street in Copenhagen, Denmark. Right. With a taxi trying, so the taxi tried to pass. The taxi driver then assaulted Hutchins. Hutchins causing him to fall backwards and hit his head on the road, causing a fractured skull. So the injury led to Hutchins having periods of depression and in excess bassist Gary Beers has said how Hutchins brandished a knife and threatened to kill him during the 1993 recording of the band's ninth studio album, Full Moon. Dirty Hearts on the Isle of Capri, with beers recalling over those six weeks, Michael threatened or physically confronted nearly every member of the band. Oh, so he had some problems then, yeah? Yeah, obviously, with from this back on the head, you know, I'm guessing back then, uh, like maybe helmets. Helmet. So, um, mm, so it's yeah. really affected him, yeah. In 1985, Hutchins was interviewed by Paula Yates, wife of Bob Geldof, mm. Band-Aid, and the Boomtown Rats. On The Tube, a TV programme, Yates interviewed Hutchins again in 1994 on The Big Breakfast, and they became romantically linked before the British press uncovered their affair with Yates and Geldof divorcing in May 1996. And then in July 1996, Yates gave birth to her daughter with Hutchins, Heavenly Harani Tiger Lily Hutchins. Yeah, okay. Hutchins and In Excess went on a world tour in April 1997 to promote their 10th studio album, Elegantly Wasted. Yates planned to visit Hutchins in Australia on the final leg of the tour in November and December with Tiger Lily and her three other children. However, Bob Geldof took legal action uh, to prevent this. And on the morning of the 22nd of November 1997, Hutchins, aged 37, was found dead in his hotel room. Oh, he had such a hard life. Both Yates and Geldof had to give police statements of their phone calls they had engaged or sorry, exchanged with mm-hmm. Hutchins on the morning of his death. Yates indicated that she had informed Hutchins of the Geldof girls' custody hearing. And yeah. according to Yates, Hutchins was frightened and couldn't stand a minute more without his daughter. His death was recorded as suicide, while depressed and under the influence of alcohol and drugs. Uh, With Hutchins' blood showing a presence of alcohol, cocaine, Prozac and prescribed drugs. 
So definitely have a hard life. Paulie Yates died on the 17th of September 2000. Um, she died at her Notting Hill home at the age of 41 from a heroin overdose. And it was her daughter Pixie's 10th birthday. And her body was discovered in the presence of her four-year-old daughter, Tiger Lily. Geldof has since won custody of Tiger Lily to raise her with the three older sisters, Fifi, Peaches and Pixie, mm -hmm. over her aunt Hutchins' sister, Tina Hutchins, who had wanted Tiger Lily to live with her in California. In 2007, Geldof adopted Tiger Lily and changed her name to Geldof. As of 2019, her name was Heavenly Harani Tiger Lily Hutchins Geldof. It's a tongue twister enough, isn't it? On the 7th of April 2014, Yates's and Geldof's second eldest daughter, Peaches, died of a heroin overdose aged 25. Uh, the day before her death, she'd uploaded a picture to her Instagram of herself as a young girl and her mother saying, me and my mum. Why did Bob Gelder want the tiger lily? Why did he want them when they weren't his daughters? I, yeah, I don't, I don't, that just, don't that's know. That's a bit really. that don't make sense to me and people yeah. have lost their lives because of that. But anyway. I suppose because the, the, the girls, it's their, it's her, their sister. Mm, yeah, but it's not that his uh, daughter, is it? But anyway. So anyway, since then, In Excess have had several lead singers since Michael Hutchinson's death, including Terence Trent Darby in 1999. But obviously they've never since had the success they had with Michael Hutchinson. I was going to say I'm surprised they carried on without him, but I guess... There's not much you can do, and they no, no, all yeah, agree, I guess. As bad as it is, life goes on, and not, yeah. that's all they, you know, if that's all they know. They did, that was their job. So, yeah. At the end of the day, their income, so, yeah. So, In Excess had 10 top 20 singles, six top 10 albums. So, their albums were 1987's Kick, which got to number nine, uh, 1990's X, which got to number two, 1991's Live Baby Live, or Live Baby Live, which was their live album, uh, that got to number eight. 1992, Welcome to Wherever You Are, that got to number one, um, which would have been was that around his death, which might be no, why. That wouldn't have been the last one. No, because it was 1997, so yeah, no, it was before then. Um, 1993, Full Moon Dirty Hearts, that got to number three. That was obviously the one where he um, was threatening all the bandmates. Yeah. And then 1994, their Greatest Hits album, that also got to number three. So this week they are really good at albums. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Let's see where these all chart. There's a lot, though. But it's quite... So would any of the songs that I listened to, would any of them been without Hudson... Hud, Hud, however you say his name, Hudson? Michael Hutchins. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, that's a good question. So it's not loading up now as I would want. So he died in when? 1997. Um, also, just so you know, they are um, an influence of the following groups. Oh, okay. 1975s, Maroon oh, yeah. 5, right. and Savage Garden. Oh, okay. So they've really um, influenced some people that, you know, are producing good songs now. Yeah. Um, so of the songs you add, so if we're looking at from 1997, um, no real big hits, no. Um, okay. So you're li literally looking at Precious Heart and I'm So Crazy, and that is it. Okay, so literally right at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Right, okay. Okay. So going on to there. Thing. So you, you had. Good Times from 1987 mm -hmm. got to number two. Okay. Well, I like I said already, I prefer that earlier stuff. Good Times is actually my favourite song. Upbeat, really gets you moving. So I enjoyed that. Uh -huh. It was a good start to them. Okay. 1987 still, Need You Tonight, number three. Oh, they're coming in strong. I wondered whether this one's been covered or is a cover. I recognised it, so I didn't know whether I recognised it from them or whether there was any others that I'd heard. Um, it's nice and catchy. It's a good one. Okay. Uh, moving on to 1988, Devil Inside, number six. Okay, this one's quite rocky, but it's got a good beat to it. So it's not too much in your face. Then we have 1988, New Sensation, number nine. Another one that I recognise. So again, when I was listening, I was like, is it, I actually know these songs or are they covered? Um, but it's, the only thing that lets it down is there's a repetitive sound in the background and I'm here like, you're getting a bit annoying. But it, yeah, it was another good one. Okay. Uh, 1988, Never Tear Us Apart, number 11. Okay, this was the one that I thought about classical rock. It's got the classical sound in it. I think this is the one with the video with like violins and stuff. Um, it's nice. It's calmed down, so it's not as rocky, which is where I came up with classical rock. But yeah. Okay. Then we had Mystify, but now for some reason, it's not showing where it got on the chart, which okay. I'm surprised because I thought Mystify was a big hit um because this is probably when they were really big was mystify and then suicide blonde right obviously following need you tonight um but it's not showing me for some reason where it came so i don't know why but yeah interesting i'd have said it done well but um i don't know why it's not showing me where it came um so moving on that was from 1989 1990 was suicide blonde and that was also at number two. Okay. Well, Mystify, just so you know, was probably my least favourite. 
not got much body to it and it was the most rock sounding suicide blonde is just a bit of noise again not much to it so considering you saying you think that they were there like probably their biggest at them at their like yeah i I didn't enjoy them too i think that's when i bought their album was on the back of those two songs no i weren't a fan of them two songs yeah well each to their own i suppose indeed um so then we had uh 1990 disappear number 23 okay the chorus is the best bit saves it and it's got that more of a sing-along to it like it's a complete change from the last two uh-huh yeah complete changes in it i like slips it right down the uh, outside the top 20 and um yeah, I, I like I'm so shocked you don't like Suicide Blonde. No, Suicide Blonde. No. <laughs> okay, moving on. 1991, Bitter Tears, number 36. Okay. See, this is weird. This one weren't that bad. It's got a good beat. There's a change in it. You know, like, you can tell the difference in the chorus and the verses. Like, it's got that change um, in the sounding of it. Like, the song, it's not all the same. Okay. And then we have 1991 Bitter... Is that what I just said, Bitter Tears? Yeah, do you want to go Yeah, sorry. 1991 Be My Side, By My Side, number 23. Okay. The way it starts, I was like, oh, we got a power ballad. But it's not. It's just a slow song and there's just... It's kind of the same throughout. There's no uplift in it. Okay. Um, 1991 still, Shining Star, number 21. Bit of a background song, that one. It's just there. Okay. And then we've got uh, Heaven Sent from 1992, number 13. Okay, so you can tell these are ones like towards the end that I'm not yeah. a fan of. Um, Heaven Sent gets you moving. It's upbeat, not too over the top. So it's not a bad one to have in there. Uh Uh, 1992, Baby Don't Cry, number 30. Okay, it's mellowed out, but it's just a bit too repetitive for me. Uh Uh-huh. 1992, Taste It, number 36. Okay, it's got good background music, but the music is louder than the vocals and i'm not a big fan of okay 1993 beautiful girl number 34. okay complete change in sound it's more quiet it's calm but there's just not much else to it 1993 the gift number 16. so we're now going back up the charts this one's got more of a focus on the singing so it's not as in your face it's like a nice song uh 1994's the strangest party these are the times number 34 this one had like the most instrumentals and we all know how i feel about them um it's just a long song in my opinion okay uh mystified just so you know got to number 14 oh okay still don't like it no yeah Elegantly Wasted, number 20. Okay, this one's very rock sounding. Like, even the lyrics 
have a rocky feel to them. Um, there's just not much to it apart from it being just a rock song. Okay. Precious Heart, number 14. Okay. They did these last two are like in excess verses. Someone so like this was like in excess versus tall pool. Ah, yes, you're right. Tall pool and party one. Yeah. So these were just verses, but yeah. Precious Heart was just noise, mostly just noise. So uh -huh. well Okay. That was in 2001. Okay. Also in 2001, I'm So Crazy, as you say, versus party one. And that yeah. got to number 19. Okay, this one, very in your face. I just weren't a fan of the last two. And it, I just don't think they did very well, but they should have just stopped. <laughs> Didn't need the verses bits. Okay. Um, something tells me you're not really a fan, but um, we will find out later. I like their beginning stuff. Okay. So shall we move on to Danny Wilson? Yeah. So the name two of songs. It, yeah. I listened to one more though. Oh, okay. I listened to a girl I used to know. Now, I with the two songs that I had, they're very yeah. different from one another. Like they don't have the same sound to it. So I Oh, totally different. Point, You're right. Yeah. I would agree with you. Yeah. But two I, great songs though. Yeah, they're good songs, but I didn't pinpoint a genre. And then I listened to a girl I used to know, just see if one of them was a one-off. Girl I used to know didn't listen, didn't sound like any of the songs I'd listened to either. So I really couldn't pinpoint pinpoint a genre on Danny Wilson at all. Um, the videos that I watched, um, he just I think they're a trio. They look it's like they want to be the men in black, they all wear black suits, they've got a little beret on, um, or I don't know if it's called a beret, but it's a little hat. Um and they just look middle-aged. So, yeah, not much to go off. But, yeah, can't pinpoint a genre. Um, a girl I used to know, by the way, I thought it was just fast-paced. Um, it was a all right song. But I can see why that one didn't chart over the other two that you gave me. So, Danny Wilson were Gary Clark on vocals and guitar and Kit Oh, sorry, Gary Clark on vocals and guitar, Kit Clark on keyboards and vocals, and Jed Grimes on bass. No Danny. And again, yeah. we've got some brothers. I have been the well, Clark brothers. Yeah, well, I was going to say, the first thing about Danny Wilson is I was like, is it just one person? We're doing groups. And then now you've said Clarks, it's like, oh, more, more siblings. That's the theme of the week, siblings. Yeah. So. They were formed in 1984 in Dundee, Scotland. Okay. And they are a Sophisti Pop group band. Another Sophisti Pop. Another Sophisti okay. Pop. Wouldn't have been able so, to genre at all. They were originally called Spencer Tracy after the film right. star. Um, and they were spotted by music journalist Bob Flynn at a gig in Edinburgh who wrote a glowing review in Melody Maker, which attracted the attention from various record labels. And Spencer Tracy was signed to Virgin Records in 1986. Right. However, after objections from the estate of the late actor, Spencer Tracy, 
the band were obliged to change their name with and the album already recorded and artwork done the band chose danny wilson taken from the 1952 frank sinatra film called meet danny wilson ah so that's the reason their name is their name yes okay so the band's debut album called meet danny wilson like was that. written entirely by Gary Clark and was released in 1987. The lead single, Mary's Prayer, was released in late spring but was unsuccessful in the UK, missing the official top 75, peaking at just number 86. Oh, okay. So that one didn't do as well. No. Mm-hmm. However, the summer release in the US saw a surprise hot, a surprise hit uh, with the single peaking at number 23 on the Billboard Hot 100. The band then toured the US supporting Simply Red in, an aut- in the autumn of 1987. So they'd done better in America than they did over here initially. So the US success led to a re-release in the UK with a resultant number 42 peak. Right. However, following a Radio 1 phone-in poll of listeners' nominations for 1987's singles which had undeservedly failed to reach the UK charts, Virgin gave the single a second re-release of which I won't tell you how it done, because you'll find out later. The album Meet Danny Wilson had two more singles released. Uh, I can't even read my own writing on that one. Davy, I think it is, and A Girl I Used to Know, both of which were unsuccessful. Davy got to number 83. And a girl I used to know got to number 81. Okay, and that's the one that I listened to. But so like their I say, second. I see why that one didn't do as well as the yeah. two that I did have. So their second album, Bebop Mop Top, saw Ged and Ged uh, co wrote in um, I Can't Wait, which flopped at number 1992. Uh, sorry, which flopped at number 92. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the lead single on the album was Never Gonna Be the Same, which uh, peaked at number 69. However, the oh. second single, the second Samoa Love, which I have yeah. to say I do love, which was to be the surprise successful single of the album. So oh. the two singles they were expecting to be the the, 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 the the ones which was I can't wait and never going to be the same. They only got to number ninety two and number sixty nine, and then obviously mm-hmm. the second summer love done much better. Yeah. Uh, by the time of the third album, Sweet Danny Wilson in ninety one, um, the trio had wrote more songs than was needed for an album. So this led to arguments on which songs should be included and obviously which ones weren't. Yeah. Uh, so um, 
the uh, they attempted to solve the situation by persuading Virgin to let to Kit sorry Kit Clark the brother he attempted to solve the situation by persuading Virgin to let him record a solo album but this was rebuffed so he instead decided to leave the band so deciding Danny Wilson would be reduced without Kit's contribution Gary Clark decided to break the band up Kit has since said the trio felt they um they felt they felt like a sideman to a non-existent front man as many often thought that Danny Wilson was the front man so it was like three men in a grave evidently to explain it i guess right so after they after they dissolved so so Kit Clark left yeah um because they couldn't decide on what 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 songs were going on this album he then thought to help he would just release a solo album and then continue and then obviously they could the others could then get their work together yeah yeah uh the the record company refuted that so he then left okay however with his without him being in the band his brother gary decided that it's not going to work so he didn't want to be in the, the band then split up yeah, 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 dissolved. that makes sense. So since that happened, Kit has said that the trio felt like they were sidemen to a non-existent frontman. So what it what he means by that is that a lot of fans or people who maybe weren't fans but listened mm. thought that Danny Wilson was actually a person and was the frontman of the the, huh? the, the group Danny Wilson. Right. So. He he put the analogy across that it was like three men in a grave. What he, what, I, I okay. mean, yeah, it's a bit of a weird analogy, but that's yeah, and I guess it's mm-hmm. mm. like I say, it's one so, way to describe him, but it, yeah, it's a bit of an odd. Yeah. Considering, like, wouldn't it have just been easier to be like, "This is who we are." Well, they they were the ones who named themselves that anyway. I mean, yeah, I think they'd have had the same when they, with their original name was Spencey Tracy. Tracy, yeah. so um, it would have been no different. Um, but they could have just explained. But, this is yeah. why we're called who we are. Now the funny thing is, well, not funny, but they obviously doesn't. So Kit Clark, as far as I know, never really done anything as a solo signal singer. Okay. Right. So um, that that was a bit of a cut your nose to spite your face sort kind of, of yeah. him um so gary clark has since wrote for katie lang the wanted natalie imbruglia oh. funny enough we've already said who already wrote Torn, mm-hmm. um and former spice girls mel c and emma button so there you go so gary clark from danny wilson has wrote for the spice girls solo careers of two of them oh, wow well meanwhile jed grimes has played bass for both Simple Minds and Deacon Blue. I don't know once, but I've heard of Simple Minds. Okay. On the 24th of September 2014, the band briefly reformed to play Mary's Prayer at the opening of the Ryder Cup alongside other Scottish bands, Texas and Medjure. Oh, okay. Um, 
They had two top 20 singles and one top 30 album, which was 1989's Bebop Mop Top, which got to number 24. I feel like this group maybe was a group better off doing like their bits like songwriting for others or producing for others rather than being at the forefront of it all. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Uh, but they have it would have been interesting if they hadn't have had the infighting or the, the disagreements over what songs should have yeah. they obviously all wanted and I know and I'm, I mean I know from Aha with the Lifelines album I mean there's about 16 songs on that album because they just couldn't agree with which Fine. songs to leave off you know yeah. whereas rather than doing a big album which obviously would have been a bit mis disjointed which Lifelines is um, to be honest mm. uh, you know, they decided, they decided that Pitt to... would go off and do his own, but that didn't work out. And so it was like, well, we'll just, just we'll forget just, it. Just that was it. it. Leave it as it is. So, yeah. Ah, so the two, uh, the chart placings for the two songs. 1987, Mary's Prayer, number three. Okay. Well, I recognise that one. It's calm, but it's got its upbeats to it. And it's very catchy. Um. And then 1989, The Second Summer of Love, number 23. Now, that is a song I do like. That was my favourite out of the two. So Sing yeah. Along gets my attention straight away. I really liked that one. Yeah, no, I, I like it as well. The, mm. the Second Summer of Love is here, so tell your angry friends. Throw away their good hair, throw their hair again. What a, what a tune. Anyway, so, yeah, not, not a lot more we can say about Danny Wilson. Um, no, no, kind of so, uh, yeah, so um, we shall move on to Black. Now, I've got a, um, it's funny, until I even looked up Black, mm. I didn't know they weren't a group. Oh, but had you so heard? Should be here. I've heard of Black. Oh. And I thought they were a group, and hence they're in oh. the groups. And they're but they're not. not a group. They're a soloist, a male, called right. That explains Colin why I only So there we go. Well, I never even knew that myself. Ah, so I put um. Well, don't know the genre. Could not tell you. It's very depressing. Not much in the videos. Very slow songs. Could skip them. I was like, is it only one person? There's only one person that ever shows up in a video. That bloomin' explains it, doesn't it? There only was one person. But the funny thing is, the three songs she gave me are called, like, what, like how lovely do these sound? Sweetest Smile, Wonderful Life, Paradise. They sound like they're going to be very uplifting and happy. No, they're not. They're very depressing. Like, it's, they're very sad songs. So I was a bit disappointed with the name of the songs to what they actually sounded like. Okay, so Chris Vernicombe, who is, sorry, Colin Vernicombe, Vierkerm, however you want to pronounce it, V-E-A-R-N-C-O-O-C-O-M-B-E. Oh, okay. Vernicombe, I don't know. 1981 um, is when, I suppose, he became a musician or got into music um yeah. liverpool and he's pop. Oh. pop 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 
pop to me is like all happy and great. This, uh, you heard these songs, Dad. Yeah, I don't know. Well, a wonderful life, definitely. And what do you think of it? It's like, yeah, I like wonderful life. I think I've got it. Um, so Colin Vehicombe aspired to be a musician after seeing Elvis Presley in Jailhouse Rock. Okay. He was known by his stage name, Black, and emerged from the punk rock scene and achieved mainstream pop success in the late 80s. So his first release was the single Human Features on Rocks Records from Birkenhead in 1981. And at this time, the band, so it was a band in a sense, okay. also included Dave Goulding on bass and Greg Leyland on drums. With Vern so we Kim, had a band and then... Yeah. With Verncombe calling himself Black as he did not think his own surname, which I can't even pronounce would be remembered. So Verkum also collaborated with Dave Dix Dickey. So in 1982, Black played with the Thompson Twins on their Quick Step Sidekick tour, along with Wah, or the Mighty Wah, who I just wanted, while we're on this subject, funny enough, the Mighty Wah have just mm -hmm. released, or Pete Wiley, has just released that they're going on tour for their 40th anniversary. So it. yet another one coming out from the cellar, the, the basement, to, um, to their Will fans. Will you be going to that one? Uh, probably not. There wasn't a lot of the mighty wild that... Um, I'm, I'm surprised it'll, it'll last that long, to be honest, as in okay. not, not the like tour, the, not but the, the actual... The you, you, the, you, you know, you'll be going the to the pub the for gig. half an hour. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I, I like Pete Wiley and the Mighty One. But yeah, so they're on a UK. So he, he, um, so Black, who I think now is just Black, yeah. not a group. Oh, okay. Like, um, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Um, in 1982, toured with both the Thompson Twins and the Mighty One um, in the UK. Um, he then, on the back of that, signed to WEA Records in 1984 and released the singles Hey Presto and a re release of an earlier single more than the sun however after these which were flops black was dropped from the record label and vehicum and dix went their separate ways so dix was now uh, was right. in with black and now so now black is definitely on his own it's definitely just colin so vehicum says by the end of 1985 this is what he said I had been in a couple of car crashes. Now, we've had a car crash already in this today. Yeah, um, we have. My okay. mother had a serious illness. Um, I had been dropped by my record company. Mm -hmm. My first marriage went belly up and I was homeless. Oh, my God. A bit of a so he sat down and wrote this song called, on the back of that, Wonderful Life. See, and that's why it's depressing. Because <laughs> his life weren't that wonderful. Well, he says, and I was being sarcastic, because it obviously wasn't a wonderful life. I can't. Um, it was released independently through Ugly Man Records and got black notice by A&M Records, 
who signed Verkham and launched his international career. Okay. Verkham said, once you have a hit, it's hard to write another song without having that in the back of your mind. For a long time, I would find myself hearing, I like it, but it's not a wonderful life. Wonderful life weren't even that great. Oh, it was. No. On January the 10th, 2016, Veerkum was involved in a car accident near Cork Airport. So he's, okay. what? He was involved in a couple of car crashes already. Someone should have told him that he shouldn't be driving. Stay out of a car. Um, Don't get in it. But we shouldn't joke because this one's quite, um, yeah. So Veerkum was involved in a car accident near Cork Airport and placed in a coma after suffering serious head injuries. He never regained consciousness and died from his injuries on the 26th of January 2016 at the age of 53. Okay. So, yes. Well, he had a bit of a tough ride, didn't he? Just a bit. So, Black had two top 10 singles, one top 10 album, which was 1987's Wonderful Life, which got mm-hmm. to number three. So, regarding Black, Wonderful Life, 1986, number 42. Well, okay. there's not much I can say about the songs. No? No. The charting tells you. Then in 1987, Sweetest Smile, to number eight. Oh, okay. It was um, on the back of yeah, you're not saying a lot, are you? No. So, on the back of Sweetest Smile, Wonderful Life was re released okay. in 1987. No. This time, it also, like Sweetest Smile, got to number eight. That one's Right. Oh, yeah. Forgot to tell you. My favourite is Sweetest Smile. Oh, right. Okay. Like, if I had to pick. No. So, wonderful. Okay. Life. Wonderful life tone throughout. I can't. It's just, there's no change in it. No uplift. Okay. And then 1988, Paradise got to number 38. People realised that it weren't that great by that time. And then he had quite a few more singles. I'm just looking uh, the big one, number 54. Your Big Girl Now, number 86. Now You're Gone, number 66. Feels Like Change, number 56. And Here It Comes Again in 1991. And he got to number 70. So he had quite a few other hits. Uh, oh, not hits, but top 100 um, Singles, but yeah, it never reached the peak of Sweetest Smile and Wonderful Life in 1980. Yeah, Wonderful Life only got to eight because it got re released. Well, yeah, yeah. And I suppose if Sweetest Smile hadn't been a success, Wonderful Life wouldn't have got done as well on on the back, which obviously it was on the back. So I suppose the main one of his was Sweetest Smile. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. We will move on. I, um, I fear that Black was a miss without even um, asking. Crowded House. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What's so, your... I went with pop, pop rock. Um, 
I think these are a bit of you, you know. Do you like these? You got there. I do like crowded house. Them. Yeah. Thought so. I feel like they're a bit of you. Ah, uh, so. definitely up your street. Um, the voice changes a bit in the songs, but from what I can see, the vocalist is the same throughout. So they must just be talented. Have you have you come across the vocalist before? Well, I didn't really know what the vocalists look like because their videos are very random and I'm not really sure who's who in videos and who's doing okay. what. I think they're a trio, though, but the videos okay. were a bit like, I don't know. I okay. couldn't really tell what was going on. They're very random. Odd things right. happen in the videos. You might say the vocalist name and I might be like, oh, yeah. Neil Finn. No. No, that now you've said that on YouTube when I'm typing in the videos, usually like the creator of the videos, every now and then it'll be like some random person because it's like a fan video or whatever. But most of the time it's like what the band's called and it'd be their account or Vivo. But this one was Neil Finn. Like every video I watched was made by Neil Finn. I just thought it was a fan who had made loads of videos for this group. But no. So who's Neil Finn? Because I've never heard of him. Have I, have, am I meant to have heard of him? Yeah, yeah. We've listened to another group where he was the lead singer, which we will come to. So first of all, what, 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 um, which was your favourite song of theirs? Um, it was, I think it was Don't Dream It's Over or Weather With You. Yay, Weather With You. Always take the weather with you everywhere yeah. you go yeah yeah it's good they're probably the two um yeah i mean i've recognized um both of them yeah um, and i don't usually do a favorite for ones that i recognize but they were my top two but yeah weather with you would be my favorite i think out of them too. okay um so crowded house neil finn on vocals Nick Seymour on bass and keyboards, Craig Pooper on guitar, Paul Hester on drums. Uh, Craig Hooper left in 1985 and was replaced by Tim Finn, Neil's brother, who joined in 1990. So for five years, they um, didn't have a guitarist. Oh, OK. They just had a bass player. Right. Uh, where, the, where are they from? Ooh, I wanted to go with. I thought these would be like American. I'm not good at knowing where people are from. You can't really hear accents. So, formed in 1985, Melbourne, mm. Australia. So, the two Australian groups this week: Excess and yeah. um, Crowded House. Okay. So, yes, um, they're a new wave group, uh, pop rock, alternative rock. So. Oh, that's what I said, pop rock. So there you go. There you go. Well done. So following the farewell tour and consequent disbanding of Split Ends. Oh, right. OK. The way you were talking then, I was like, we've not spoken about these yet. Why are you talking about Farewell Tour? Ah, so that's where Neil Finn's from. So uh, now former members, Neil Finn and Paul Hester, 
formed a new band called the Muller, Mal, the Mala, the Mullanes, M-U-L-L-A-N-E-S, Mullanes. Okay. Uh, they recruited Nick Seymour on bass and Craig Cooper on guitar. Although Cooper left before the trio left for a trip to L.A. to record their debut album after signing a record contract with Capitol Records. At Capitol's request, the trio changed their name from the Mullanes to Crowded House, which was how they called their shared Hollywood Hills house while recording. Ah, so they, they called it a Crowded House. They were asked to change their yeah. name, and so they come up with Crowded House. Yeah. Um, former Split Ends keyboardist Eddie Rayner produced the track Can't Carry On and was asked to join the band. Although he did tour with them in 1988, he was unable to become a full-time member due to family commitments. Split oh. End's founding member, Neil's brother, Tim Finn, joined the band briefly in 1990, as I've already said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Tim and Neil had been writing songs together for their own album, Finn. However, after tracks for the third album, Woodface, which were written by Nick Seymour and Hester, were rejected by the record company, Neil asked Tim if he could use the songs which were for the Finn album. Tim jokingly agreed as long as he could join the band, which Neil agreed. So he oh, said it jokingly. He may have done it jokingly, and, but he ended and, up being um, serious. He said, yeah, why not? We need a guitarist because um, the other one's left. And That's how is. they got the guitar. That's how they got together. I'm so, with you. I said, I said Cooper, and I meant Hooper um, had left. Um, uh, yeah, I've got it on my right, on my thing. I thought Craig Cooper on guitar, although Cooper left. And I thought, who's Cooper? It's Hooper. <laughs> yeah, he'd left. Um, so Craig Hooper was actually never in Crowded House. Because he was right. actually in the Malanes, if you think about it, because they changed their name. Yeah. So he never yeah. really was in. He Brown. never actually came through. So, yeah. To um, so, yeah. So um, Tim jokingly said that and Neil agreed. So their hit record, Weather With You, was actually written by Neil and Tim and was more likely to have been one of those tracks which were originally meant for the Finn album. What? View is meant to be it was one of the tracks that was meant to be for the Finn album. So yeah. we wouldn't have really even got it. No. Well, hats off to the record company for not liking the others. Turning down the others, yeah. yeah. Uh the band were midway through a US tour when drummer Paul Hester quit in April ninety-four to fly home to Australia for the birth of his first child. Um with Wally Ingram, the drummer on their of their support act for Cheryl Crow filling in on their return. Okay. So I mean, filling a, in. Filling in. So he in other words was a drummer for the support act and then the main he, he ended up getting a blooming promotion yeah. quick, didn't he? Yeah. So he'd done both. Yeah. So on their return, the Finn brothers released their album. Finn in November ninety five and in June June ninety six at a press conference to announce the release of their Greatest Hits album, 
reoccurring dream, Neil revealed that Crowded House were to disband. Following their June 1996 concerts in Europe and Canada. The wow. band, however, did reform in 2006 with Neil Finn and Nick Seymour being joined by Mike Hart on guitar and Matt Sherrod on drums. Tin Finn didn't rejoin, while the original drummer Paul Hester, who briefly returned in 1996 following the birth of his child, uh -huh. um, for their farewell concerts, had died in 2005. It's finally um, mad when they like come back and they reform. It's like, yeah, but you're not with the same members. So I no. never think, I always think that you're not, you're not the crowded house that people grew up with. Yeah. So like, Paul Hester, as I say, he died in 2005. Um, he had, he had actually split from his partner and mother of his children and he took his own life by hanging himself at the age of 46. Oh, wow. Okay. So, and obviously he was in split ends as well. Had quite a lot of deaths. Yeah. So they had six top 20 singles, five top 10 albums. Uh, 1991's Wood Face got to number six. 1993's Together Alone got to number four. 1996 Reoccurring Dream um, got to number one, which was a best oh, of nice. um, album. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 2007's Time on Earth got to number three, and 2021 Dreamers Are Waiting got to number six. Is that another greatest hit? No, it doesn't say it is. No, so it's obviously yeah. a up to date song, uh, album. Album. Interesting. So, yes. So, where did their singles place? You tell me. As you me. say. There's been a few. So, yeah. Don't Dream It's Over was released in 1987 and got to number 25. Not bad. Recognised it. Um, it's a nice sing-along. Good start to their singles, to be fair. Okay. Uh, 1991, Fall at Your Feet, number 17. Okay. So, See, when you think... We've you've got a lot of songs on here, and the second one is in the nineties, so they're not really. An mm, 80s they're not really band, an eighties at all. No, but they are because their first one was from yeah. the eighties, and I guess when they formed as well. Yeah. Um. Well, fall at your feet. Uh, recognise the chorus a bit. Um, it's quite mellow. Still got me joining in. And you saying about the 90s, it's quite good that I like Don't Dream It's Over as well then. You know, like I said, I can't really pick between two, but I'll go with Weather With You. I like yeah. Don't Dream It's Over, so. Right. Um, it's Only Natural, 1992, got to number 24. Okay. Bit repetitive, but got catchy lyrics. Okay. Weather With You, also 1992, got to number seven. Okay, it's a feel-good, I know it, sing-along, stuck my street in it. It's one of those. Yeah, okay. 1992, Four Seasons in a Day, number 26. Okay, so it's not bad, but I'd put it more as like a background song. It wouldn't be like my go-to song. Okay. Moving on to 1993, Distant Sun, number 19. The voice is really good in this one. It's just a bit too slow for me. 
Okay. 1993, Nails in My Feet, number 22. Again, got a nice focus on the voice. Um, but yeah, they, they yeah, like their feel good sing along upbeat ones are kind of died out a bit at this point. Uh huh. Okay. Waiting to come back. Nineteen ninety four locked out got to number twelve. All right, this one went a bit harsh. Um, so I thought they were more poppy than rock at this point. This one really cemented the rock for me. Um, it just completely changed the sound. Okay. 1994, Fingers of Love, number 27. Okay, it's a nice swaying song, gets you moving a bit. Okay. Uh, 1994, Pineapple Head, bit of a weird name for a song. That's what I was going to say. Number 27. Not bad. It's a nice sing-along one, um, and it's got more focus on the singing than the music. So we're back to the bit that I like at the beginning. Uh-huh. 1996, Instinct, number 12. Okay, a bit chilled out. It's got a nice beat to it. Really like the chorus. Uh, 1996, Not the Girl You Think You Are, number 20. Okay, this one was a bit quiet. It was quite slow, but it's still a nice sounding song. 2007, Don't Stop Now, number 41. This was a good end to the week. I enjoyed that song. It was a nice song. Nice and upbeat to end with. So that ends the review of this week's groups. It does. So it just leaves me to ask. Well, I could probably fit it in now without asking. Hit. Oh, well, okay. I will will tell you my prediction before you give where they are. So hit or miss. The Christians hit. You're right. It is a hit. I surprised myself by liking them because of my first judgment of the name. But I really enjoyed it and I have gone and listened to their songs multiple times. Johnny Hates Jazz. A massive, great big hit. So much of a hit, I can't pick my favourite song. There you go. In Excess. A miss. A big miss. They're just not my type of music at all. Danny Wilson. A hit. It is a hit. I enjoyed it. They have two good songs. And to be honest, I'm quite glad that they don't have, that they didn't last that long. So it's not like I've missed out on listening to any others. Do you know what I mean? So I know it's just those two songs and nothing else is going to ruin it for me. Black. A big miss. A big, huge miss. Yeah. <sighs> Crowded house. Mm-hmm. A hit. Well, so I was a bit on the fence about it. That's why I did get that feeling, actually, and that's why I was like, mm, yeah. which way? So throughout listening, it was, oh, these make me a hit. Oh, but this is more of a miss. But overall, looking at the songs that I like compared to the songs that I don't like. Well, I mean, you. I mean, let's be honest here. You got thirteen songs. Yeah. And seven of them many? need to be a hit for it to be a hit, really, because we've done this before. I think when I've 
got you to you know you're on the fence but it's an odd number so you can't be on the fence there's there's got to be i've you've either got seven that you like or seven that you don't well it is nine yeah. and mm. no i've not told you whether that's nine or like no. nine and four nine and four yeah, so this is this is the way that I worked it out of being on the fence. I was like, right, how many do I like? How so you only you you only liked four. No, I can't believe that. Uh, so I'm going with it being a hit. It's a hit. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Oh, I'll take that. Two two um not hits. Um, I guess I I I had a feeling in excess was going to be when I when funny enough I gave you the songs. Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure about black, but obviously, yeah, that was black. How could you like black? They're really depressing. I'm quite glad that I didn't go out of my way to listen to any more of those. <laughs> it just, I don't know. It just, it's not for me at all. Oh, well. Okay, well, shall we end it on a good note by me telling you who you've got next week? Go on. Is it going to be a good week? Um. Well, I, I yeah, that, ooh, it's, a, it's a mix. It is a mix. Okay, all um, right, okay. But I think there's three groups there that you're going to be a hit to all right so you got okay. oh we got six groups yeah got six groups right okay i will let you know who you've got so are you ready who the groups are you've got next week go for it wet 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 oh, okay i've heard of them you call them wet drip dry wet drip dry yes living in a box no the Beastie Boys. I think you've spoken about them, but I wouldn't know them. The Proclaimers. Are they the people that sang 500 miles? I won't walk no fun. Yep, yeah, that's them. That's not even the lyrics, but yeah. Okay. That's why I stopped. Los Lobos. No, no idea. The Fall. No idea. Okay, that is it. That's your six. Okay. Wet, wet, wet. No. Living in a box. Beastie Boys, the Claimers, Los Lobos, and the Four. All right, then. I will, I will um, send you over the songs for you to listen yeah. to and enjoy, and we shall meet next week to discuss. Yes, indeed. Okay. All, right, All it leaves me to say is goodbye. Um, I'm glad you enjoyed this week. I think you had a good mix, and I think you're in for a, um, a, a an okay week next week as well. All right. Well, you'll find out next week. We shall. All right, then, Dad. Okay. Bye. Bye.